everyone, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are going to be reviewing a head-to-head trick-taking game. Wait, wait! Don't leave yet! <laughs> there are thousands of those, you say. Yes, there are many trick-taking games, but this tricking game is mine, and it's unlike any other. Uh, this trick-taking game... Oh, my God. It's a tricky uh, name to take. <laughs> tricky, trick, trickety trick-taking game is a uh, very interesting trick-taking game. I uh, was really fascinated by this one, and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I'm always hesitant when we get into trick-taking games that uh, offer a new spin on trick-taking. Much of the time, it just overcom- they just overcomplicate trick-taking and, and take away from what's great about certain trick-taking games, and that is the simplicity of them. Uh, this one does not do that. So this is the game. I haven't even mentioned the game yet. <laughs> the name of the game yet. I'm so, so just rambling on here. The game is You're Jekyll... like a man of two minds almost. <laughs> In a way, I'm like like some sort of <laughs> scientist with uh, two personalities arguing and battling within him. Uh, and that would be apt because the game we're talking about today is Jekyll versus Hyde. This is a game that came out in just 2021, very close to the uh, just uh, just last year it came out. Uh, it is a two-player trick-taking game. It plays in 30 minutes. Age is eight plus. The community though says no, no, ten plus. So double digits only. And the weight is 1.7. Uh, the designer is. <laughs> I love this. This designer only has one name, or maybe it's a designer group. I don't know. Gionil is the designer. Uh, art by Vincent Dutre and published by Mandu Games. Uh, the, yeah, there we go. That's all the information. There's nothing more for me to say <laughs> except that I am excited to talk about this one. Uh, so let's get to the rules and then we'll talk more about our thoughts on it. All right. Uh, so in this game, there is a single deck of cards. The deck uh, essentially has, I'm going to say, three suits and a special thing. Uh, the suits are numbered one through three. Uh, they represent pride, wrath, and greed. Uh, and the other special ones, there's four potion cards uh, that are numbered two plus, three plus, four plus, and I believe five plus. Uh, there's also a game board that has, it's a minimal game board. It just has locations for some tokens. They are called in the rulebook colored tokens. That's, the, I mean, it's not very thematic, but whatever. All right, sure. I mean, you'd think they would have come up like psychosis tokens or something. That would have been cool, but they did <laughs> not do that. Uh, anyway, uh, there are essentially 11 spaces on the track where an identity marker is what they call they, At least they gave that some sort of theme. Uh, and your identity marker will start on one end, and as the game goes by, it will most likely move down the track. Uh, in this game, it's going to take over uh, the period of Three rounds, uh, one person will be playing Jekyll, one person will be playing Hyde, uh, and essentially the deck gets shuffled. <clears throat> uh, ten cards are dealt to, to each player. At the start of a round, each player is going to swap uh, a, ca- a, a number of cards equal to the round it is. So in the first round, each player will swap a single card. In the second round, two. And in the third round, they will swap three cards uh, and... Basically, play will continue from there. There is a small caveat about if you have more than uh, one potion, you have to swap a potion uh, with what you're swapping. Other than that, that's pretty basic. And the game 
uh, continues. Starting with whoever uh, the identity marker will be on certain locations. The first five locations of the 11 uh, are, are labeled blue, meaning the uh, Jekyll will start off leading. Uh, if the identity marker is in any of the, I guess, purple or pinkish spots, it depends on how you describe them, uh, then uh, Hyde will be starting the round, uh, and the game continues. Uh, the person that starts will pick any one of their cards, they will play it out, uh, and then... Much like in most trick-taking games, uh, the opposing player must follow in that suit. Now, there is a small thing where if you have a potion, you can play the potion instead of the suit you're supposed to play. Uh, but that is that is a choice that is up to you. That is the only special case. Um, so if you led with a red card, or as they call it, a rage card, the other player would need to play a rage card. When these cards get played, those three color tokens are going to be added to the board. The color tokens serve two purposes. Uh, they give a value to these suits, uh, and they also allow certain uh, things to happen when potions gets played. So if a red card is the first card played, then you're going to add that red token onto the board, meaning that the red suit is the lowest valued suit. Uh, and then whenever a green or purple suit gets played, then that would get added to the board, and the other one would get added. The last one would get added to, to the boards. Let's say the last one was green. That means green is the strongest suit. Uh, why does this matter? Because there are times where you cannot play a, a type of suit. So, for example, if I led with red and you had no red, you can play whatever card you wish to play at that point, meaning if you played green, uh, then you would not compare the numbers whatsoever, because usually in trick-taking games, it's whoever plays the higher number wins the trick, uh, which is still true in this game. But if you don't match suits, uh, then it's just whoever had the highest suit wins the trick. Um, the only other thing to take care of is those pesky uh, potions. Whenever potions are played, it can be played, as I mentioned, off-suit, um, or it can be played by the person leading, in which case, if the person leads with a potion, they would call out a suit, then the other player is forced to to play that type unless they don't have it, uh, or they, I guess, could play a potion as well. <clears throat> um, if they, if a potion is played, it counts as kind of like a half thing. Uh, so if if they play in that suit, uh, then you compare the numbers. Uh, if both people play potions, then you compare. Uh, you still compare the numbers. There's they they match whatever. They don't ever match. They're all different numbers. Uh, but if someone plays a color, what's going to happen is those colored tokens each represent a different thing that would happen. So in the case of if a red gets played with a potion, that means that all of those tokens that got added to declare what suit is better, they all get removed from the board. Essentially, it's resetting those. Um, if a green or greed one gets played, then... The, uh, gosh, I cannot remember this, and I'm looking through the rule book like crazy. Uh, green one, both players choose two cards from their hands, and they exchange those. Uh, although, if there are fewer than two cards left in your hand, you'll just exchange what you have. Uh, and then purple, uh, if purple is played with a potion, whoever wins that trick will take one trick from the person uh, that they won from. So if I won the trick, I would get that trick plus one more trick from my opponent. Uh, and the way they deal with trick-taking game in this game is at the end of the hand, once all ten cards have been played, uh, you basically compare uh, 
uh, how many tricks each player won. So if I had won six tricks and they had won four tricks, you'd compare those. There's a difference of two, meaning that identity marker is going to move two spaces down the track. If at any point in time that identity marker moves all the way down to the end, the game is over and Hyde has won. Uh, if by the end of three rounds the identity marker has not reached that last space, then Jekyll has won the game. Uh, and that's that's pretty much the game. Did I miss something? Uh, no, I think you got it. Sweet. I think you got it. I think I got it. Yeah, so this is a good one. This is uh, This is... One that I, I got recommended to me to grab by a friend, and he said, uh, he's like, yeah, we played this with, I played this with my wife, and he knows I play a lot of games with my wife, and I thought you, or he said, I thought you would like it, and then I told you, because I t- know you play a lot of games with your wife, so, uh, yeah, let's get into this. What did you think of this game? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I do enjoy a good trick-taking game. Um, especially a good two-player trick-taking game. I think we talked about Fox in the Forest last time. I yes. really like Fox in the Forest. And this one uh, d- does something a bit different with it. With Fox in the Forest, it was all about particular cards having certain abilities. And you were kind of, tr- you, again, you were trying to stay within a certain range, which tends to be the go-to with two-player games. Uh, instead of just trying to win everything or trying to win nothing, you were trying to win within a range of things. In this case, it changes it a lot, which makes you want to win very directly in the middle or if you're the opponent uh very much lopsided so it's kind of asymmetric in that way which i I kind of like it's a nice interesting twist to it uh the other thing i really enjoyed those those colored tokens kind of changing the values of the suits uh and then also the them having different powers really you kind of have to think out um what you're going to be playing because you you kind of have to know all right what do they have what is left again there's going to be five cards that aren't in the game so you're very much keeping track of what got played or what you've passed to them and you haven't seen yet so you're always going all right i know i have a bunch of these i've got a very strong hand and if if you're jekyll you're trying to be like this hand is too strong i have to find a way to lose things so that i can kind of keep it in the middle Uh, whereas if you're playing jekyll you're doing the exact opposite if you've got a strong hand you want to play to that strength if you've got a weak hand you want to play to that strength if you've got a middling hand you've got to find a way to either swap things around or use potions efficiently so that you can kind of tip the balance one way or another so you have to kind of be be at the ready to kind of switch it up when it needs to be switched up because if you start going all right I think I'm, I'm middle ground and things start kind of everything's kind of still staying in the middle and you're winning and losing back and forth. You it's it's hard to find a way to kind of tip it one way or the other. And so if you can figure out what colors you need to be in or how you can reset things so that it can go your way, that's just like it, it's really interesting. I really like it. Nice. Yeah, I really love it, too. I think it's it's it it's such a unique spin on this. Uh, I love that balance of um, or the t- push and pull of the mental state. It's surprisingly on theme <laughs> for a trick. Like a lot of trick taking games, just have a theme put on top of them, just as a fun way of thinking about it. Oh, I'm getting treasure, or I'm doing this or that, or I'm uh, uh, I don't know. I'm crazy and I need eights. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. But uh, this one really does, you feel like the board is such a well thought out idea in that you start as Dr. Jekyll, he's fully sane, but he's starting to, he's starting to have these issues with his alternative personality of Dr. Mr. Hyde is slowly gaining power. And as that marker goes towards Mr. Hyde, Mr. Hyde, it's more and more powerful until eventually he is the first player or the active player. And he leads off all of the first, uh, he leads off all of the turns and each round. Um, I really, I really love that. That's such a cool idea of slowly, uh, yeah, not, I don't know. Your, your insanity is slowly being picked away at until the other, the other personality is fully, almost fully in control, or at least enough in control where they can direct actions. Um, that's such a nice idea to me. And it really makes this feel so more such a, like a dynamic game because Dr. Jekyll always starts for the first part of the game, at least, at least the first turn. And he's going to be leading off first player, but most likely, inevitably, at some point in the game, uh, you're probably going to have Mr. Hyde take over and it just flips the kind of tables a little bit and, um, gives him the lead. And that does change the dynamic who can lead off the tricks. Uh, the turn, the actions, though, that's such a cool thing. We, I haven't, I've yet to under really master how to use the actions effectively, but the little bit I've done uh, is really fun. I think it's a great set of actions to be able to fire off based on the suit colors with the potions. And um, yeah, I just, I love this game. It's such a great design. Good job, yeah. Gionil. <laughs> yeah, I, I also the. And this it's not that this hasn't been done before, but I think it works really well in this game, is that handing off a card or two cards or three cards really gives you a bit more control, but also a little bit of suspicion, because as, as Jekyll, you're trying to either make really good or really bad, as I stated previously, and sometimes it's like, all right, I know how to make it good, I know how to make it bad, I know how to make it middling, which is what you're going for um, as, as Jekyll. And so it's just like, uh, but if you start the, I think the the last game we played, the last round, I started with a middling hand, and so I'm like, I don't, God, I, I depending on what he gives me, he could either give me a really good or really bad hand, and I think you gave me a really good hand, but right. I'm still, I sure I'm just like, oh no, gosh, that's <laughs> now I've got too strong of a hand. Oh God, I shouldn't have gotten rid of, the, I should have gone the other way with what I got rid of, and but I was still able to kind of work it just right because I think I, I was strong in one. Suit, which meant since I was leading in that, I could define what the off, what the poorest suit was meant. Meaning, I could degrade my hand right out the gate, which felt which felt really good. But I was very, very concerned about what potions he might play because I didn't have very much potion control, and so I'm just like, I just don't want him to reset the the uh, the, the the tokens so that now red isn't starting. So I was like. I was in the back of my mind constantly going, all right, when is he going to play a potion? If I do that, would if I play a purple, then he's probably going to play a potion, which means he will – he'll do something weird or, you know, if I if I play red too often, it's going to reset everything and I don't want to do that. I don't want to – scare him off i'm i want to keep him kind of pulling on this thing but not too hard it's like fishing almost you know it's right just, right you, you gotta reel him in slowly yeah gotta lead him in oh i'm just a dying fish come and eat me <laughs> just kidding yeah no there's a great uh, like you played this game very effectively <laughs> like you're well you're i think you're pretty good at trick taking games in general um and uh so yeah, but it, it's it is interesting because it's not just a straightforward 
game, so you really do have to think in new ways. They really do offer you new ways to think of trick-taking games, or at least approach it, like you said, where you obviously you're head-to-head and you're um, not just trying to get more tricks than the other player. Uh, you're trying to, uh, if you're Dr. Jekyll, balance the tricks, and if you're Hyde, you're trying to throw drastic differences in the uh, amount of tricks taken between each player. So those two different goals, obviously clearly at odds with each other, a, such a great on-theme way to do it, but second of all, it, it really is different on both sides. Like, this is a trick-taking game that plays very differently based on what character you're assuming. And then, like you said, there's there's this little, like, game you've got to play. Like, you got to read the other player, not just try to out have a better hand than them in general to take tricks. That's such an interesting dynamic thrown in here. Kind of trying to think of other games that sort of... I mean, it's kind of like a pokery feeling... Um, and a head-to-head feeling of, like, the Duke or something like that, but with, like, head games. <laughs> so, <laughs> literally, it's all about head games, I guess. But, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about this game. It's such a well-done design and really refreshing for trick-taking. I have never played a trick-taking game re, uh, reboot or redesign or re-look at, whatever you want to call it, when a designer picks up the mechanism and tries to do something new with it. And loved it as much as I loved this. The only thing I would say is, like what you said, Fox in the Forest. That's the only time I've played another game like this, like Trick Daycare, and I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. They did a great job with this. So yeah. same effect. And I also love Fox in the Forest. This is this is definitely um, an, another in that line of really great re-approaches to Trick Daycare. And the nice thing about Fox in the Forest, actually, is it if you can't have both these games, I think. I don't think they're so close that – Yeah. Um, you're going to be like, ah, oh, it's the same thing. They're very distinct games, but they both are two-person trick-taking games. Yeah, with with Fox in the Forest, it's it's very much a point-scoring game because you are trying to kind of have things keel off in a certain way to score as many points as you can. The game could last e- easily four, five, maybe even six rounds if you have some some low-scoring games, uh, and the, you could have some, a come-from-behind victory. With this one, it's very much, okay, it's going to be three rounds. I've got to do what I can do in right. those three rounds. And so you're, if you feel a little, little bit more pressure in this one. Uh, the other thing to note is that I think mechanisms-wise, uh, I think Jekyll versus Hyde is a little bit simpler, or at the very least to say there's less to remember. A lot of sure. it you can just keep in your head uh, with – um, Fox in the Forest, each each of the values that are odd, they're numbered like 1 through 13 or 1 through 11, I can't remember exactly, but all of the odd values have their own special power. Yes, they're written on the cards, but if you don't have the card in your hand and you're like, oh, God, I forgot what the 5 was, you have to reference your little sheet and go, all right, the 5 will do this, and I have to remember that that's in there, and I got rid of that, and I swapped this card. So there's a little bit more to remember. Uh, I remember listening to someone else on a podcast, and they were playing the the, the virtual version on uh, on their phone, and th- that's one of the things they found very annoying is that the app version – they didn't remind you what all the powers were, so you had to bring up a thing to remind you. And if you're not good at remembering all the different powers, it can be a little bit tricky to do. And if you're having to reference a sheet for each of the, what, like um, six or seven different powers that are in the game, right? Um, it might be a bit confusing. In this one, there are powers. It's just there's only three of them, and they happen not that often. There's only four potions that ever get played. And it's honestly quite rare that, you know, that 
there's going to be a lot of things happening with those. They are very important. They definitely can change up a game. It can take a game from being I'm way behind to I'm now right where I need to be. But, you know, it's not it, the the symbology they use. They don't even use words on it. They're just little symbols. It's pretty easy to remember. I mean, it's it's just three things. So I, th I think mechanically it's a little bit simpler. Uh, so if you're looking for something a bit simpler in that respect, I would I would like it. But as 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 Kaz said, you could easily have both of these and enjoy both of them for what they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually it's funny since um, I've really love fox in the forest but i i don't own it uh but all right i own it now <laughs> but i was at target the other day and i was just i was th reflecting on our playing of jekyll versus hyde and they are kind of talked about this before recording and then i was like yeah gosh i i haven't played fox in the forest again i happened to walk by uh the game area and it was on sale so i was like well there's a sign i'm getting it so <laughs> and it's a very inexpensive game already but it was a few bucks off and so i was like okay well there we go um but, uh, but yeah, so I, I do own both <laughs> and uh, actually picked up the other one as this sort of inspired me to. But um, all right, well, let's talk about taking this bad boy out on the town and, and see what we can do with it. So Dr. Je or Jekyll versus Hyde is going to pack very well. The case, the, the box that it comes in is uh, a nice size. It's, it's not exactly a fit in your pocket, but it could easily fit in a bag or a coat pocket, perhaps. But the box is, you know, it uses the space it has very well. There's, it doesn't need, you know, you could make it maybe a little smaller, but not much. It's, it, they made it concise as, as concise as possible. So it's going to tote very well. Uh, on the table, the table space it's going to take up is mainly the middle board. There is the middle player board. That All that is is the tracker of Dr. Jekyll's sanity towards, uh, and yeah, from Dr. Jekyll towards Mr. Hyde. And the way you track that is a really cool, and I love that they included this for such a simple little game, a metal bust of Dr. Jekyll that is heavy as hell uh, for her butt. Like, it's solid metal. It's not plastic or painted wood or oh, something geez. like that. They, uh, yeah, they, they made it <laughs> for some reason. They really spent the money to make this metal. I love that they did that. It's awesome. Um, but that is going to be the tracker you're going to use on the board. And then there's going to be three chits. And those chits are going to refer, uh, refer to the power abilities of each color. Those will be placed on and off the board as you play because they'll get reset and reordered throughout gameplay and throughout the rounds. So that's going to be kind of the center of the table. Uh, then what you're going to have is you're going to have your large hand of cards uh, in your hand. So you start with, uh, now I'm forgetting, I think it's 10, 10 cards. Yeah, 10 cards in your hand and 10 cards in the opponent hand. And that would mean that there's five left over in the deck for the next uh, for later rounds. Um, as you play the game, you're going to, of course, be collecting uh, tricks. And so your tricks are going to be just piled however you'd like to do them in uh, one way or the other it's it's important that the other player sees how many you have or at least you can see and quickly reference because they need to know that potentially or you need to know that potentially and so it's that's the only caveat there is you just need to kind of keep track of or have obvious how many tricks you have uh and that's it that's pretty much everything out there so uh i actually when i first got this my wife and i played it at a brewery uh, just very recently and it worked great it was a great a little tabletop or tie top table game. It fits nicely in that space, and there's still room for food or even um, some drinks. Um, How as well, big so. is the board? It's hard for me to get a scale. The board is, um, let's see, it's probably like a foot long by four or five inches wide. 
Okay. I so, was imagining it being much bigger for some reason, which no. kind of threw me off. I'm just like, why does it need to be that big? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah really, that, that does not seem that big. That's right. That's it really does manageable. not. Yeah. No, it's it's very manageable. So, uh, like, yeah, I think the box is like a six-inch tall box, which makes sense because the board folds in half and uh, fits in the box that way. Um, oh, one other side note with presentation. Presentation-wise, uh, I love this. I think they did a great job here. They, It's simple. It's very simple. Uh, the cards, actually, the art of the cards kind of remind me of the Unmatched series. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of wonder if they have – look it up. I, I kind of wonder if they have um, – if Vincent Dutre – It's a very familiar name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh oh yeah, Vincent Dutre has done quite a lot of art. Um, role player, Robinson Crusoe, Quest for El Dorado. Uh, okay, so so I wonder if he has done some unmatched stuff. Uh, but anyway, it is um reminiscent of that, just the the style of it to me. But the art itself is just very colorful. It's very in the colors they use are sort of like they're sort of doom and gloomy Victorian. Like you know the the green is sort of a swampy green. The um. The purple uh, that's for uh, what is the purple for pride or something? I I, can't I think remember. it's pride. Yeah, pride, greed, and rage are the ones. Yeah, rage of course is this very great uh, bright bloody blood red <laughs> color, and the purple is uh, just sort of kind of I'll, I don't know how to explain it, except kind of like a dirty lilacy color. Um, but they just the colors are right on the money. They pick the perfect t- colors, and then the central board tones are kind of a co mingling fading of between the those colors on the board and so it creates that effect of intermingling and kind of unease i don't know why what it is about it it's just kind of gives me a really sense of mild unease <laughs> but in a good way in a way that i'm like wow this is great because i should be uneasy i'm slowly turning insane as dr jekyll um but anyway so so it just presents very well is, is what i'm trying to say here uh, the vibe, uh, I don't know, how would you describe the vibe? I think the vibe is, is, is definitely good. It allows for back and forth, definitely. Um, you're, you are trying to kind of mind game your opponent into doing what you want them to do. And so there's a lot of good moments of like, all right, I'm going to put this card out. Oh, I hope he does what I want. Or I hope I think he has the card that I think he has. Or I hope he does what I want him to do. Or I hope he wins this or lets me win it, whatever. So there's a lot of like great moments like that. Yeah, I I would say it's there's a little bit of tenseness to it, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, because you're just like, oh, God, I like right at the beginning of the round, you just definitely feel that to, like, how, how am I going to kind of sort this out and how should I start this? Uh, and then there are just those few moments within the game where it's just like you, you the, it just picks up because you're like, this is a pivotal moment. And so there, there, there I, there's a little bit of tension in this game. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It, the, the, the real, I definitely second that 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 feeling. There's a, like I said, unease. I don't know if it's the art and the gameplay. It just gives you a little bit of sense of unease, but in a good way. Tension is a better way of saying unease would be like, oh, I've got an upset <laughs> stomach. <laughs> I don't know what this game's doing to me. Oh, I shouldn't have drank that potion. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, it's so it's really not agreeing with me. <laughs> tension is a much better way of saying it. There's just this great sense of mild tension throughout the game, um, and uh, it just yeah, I, I love it. Uh, okay, who is this for and who's this not for? I think this is a gamer's game for sure. This is um, just like Fox in the Forest. It clearly took a lot of thought to re 
to to reinvent or approach trick taking uh, in a two player scale in a very specific way. Uh, this feels the same way. It feels like a lot of thought and effort was put into this, and I'm guess, guessing a lot of playtesting was put into this. That is a polished design, and I think any game gamer would like this game. The only caveat here is that it is a two-player, of course. And so if you're not someone who likes just doing head-to-head games, yeah, this may not be the best for you. I would highly recommend you try it. I don't think it's as intense as I may have been <laughs> making it sound. <laughs> but it is it is just a really fun head-to-head where you're not trying to bludgeon each other to death or fight each other. You're just trying to, um, you know, basically control the trick-taking focus for who, if you either balance it or imbalance it and that's a really fun dynamic um it is a little little heavier i mean it's a light game but i definitely wouldn't say well i don't know i was gonna say this wouldn't be an intro game but trick taking is the most one of the oldest oh, yeah. mechanisms out there most people have played a trick taking game um I guess I don't know. Maybe a slight step above intro. What do you What do you think? How would you rank it there? I I'd agree with that. I think it's I think it's it, I might go the opposite direction. I think it's a slight step below medium. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a little a little bit more advanced. Like I would do I would do well maybe not Fox of the Forest but I would do like another other trick taking game offshoot before this or just yeah, another I would game do, why well, i would do like a standard trick-taking game first just so if you haven't played any trick-taking games just to get the feel of trick-taking maybe uh i'm not not that it's necessary uh but i feel like if if you're trying to intro it to someone who hasn't played trick-taking games i think they're going to be very angry that you crushed them at this big game right, uh, right because yeah. it's a two-player game and they've only got one person to blame which is you who introduced them to this game uh <laughs> so i would do something where it's like a four-person game trick-taking game where they can kind of just get just to get used to the mechanisms uh, and kind of be hopefully around other people who are also learning it uh, i think would be the best way uh but if they if they already understand the trick-taking mechanisms then yes great great intro two-player trick-taking game yeah all right, so uh, would your mom like it? I don't think so. I think I think your mom would maybe get it. Well, I don't know. I could see, once again, your mom is uh, not like new to trick taking games and probably has a fair amount of experience in them. So I feel like she would be intrigued by this. The only downside is that it's strict two players. I think that would be her turnoff, honestly, more than the gameplay. Is that's like, oh, I got to play this one other person and no one else. You know, I don't think head to heads are your mom's jam, and that's that's main, the main reason why I would say, yeah, I'm going to give this one a no. I'm also giving it a no. There, I, it's a two player game. She is not a huge fan of trick taking games because no? she just okay. she's she's never certain of what she should be playing at the right. Like those moments that I was just like, there are those moments where right. it's come, it, it it's gonna switch right here. It could, it could all flip on this card. She hates those moments. <laughs> right, right. Because she is always feeling like she's gonna she's playing the wrong card. And honestly, she usually does, and that and then that kind of cements her mind into yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't like this game. That's, That's exactly why I don't like this game. This is stupid. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. And- and that's, I guess, another caveat, too, for anyone, another maybe, like, inhibition for people who this isn't for. But um, but otherwise, yeah, really, really good all-around game. Uh, okay, I think we did it, right? So that is taking it out, high scores. Uh, who's going to like it? I think a lot of people are going to love this game or find it really interesting, at least, and, and really enjoy their play of it. And uh, the vibe is great. The table presentation is great. And it fits 
almost anywhere. I do think this passes the pizza test because you could put the board on the side. I didn't say that earlier, but I'm saying it now. Uh, you can put the board on the side of any central food as long as it's easily tracked. and that's. Or if you don't care about things looking pretty, you could just keep track of it with tick marks if you've got a pencil and some paper. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you could do that and then reorder the abilities uh, with that. Yeah, you could do it all in scratch paper. Any game can be done in scratch paper. <laughs> Virtually. <laughs> You and me, uh, we're gonna play. We're gonna play Caverna on Scratch. Paper. <laughs> I'll just give me thirty-five minutes to draw everything out real quick. <laughs> Got to write up all the cards. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there we go. Um, should, how should we end this episode? Let's see. Hide. We could rhyme hide. Well, yeah, we could rhyme hide or ch- Jekyll. <laughs> I don't think we can rhyme Jekyll. Jekyll maybe speckle. <laughs> Freckle. Oh, we could, I got a few right, right there. That's probably all, right, all no, I can here, do. Though. Here, we'll go like this. You'll take Jekyll. Oh, I'll okay. take Hyde. Okay. All right. See? Should we see who? See how, how, we, how, how far yeah. we can each rhyme it up? Okay. All right. All right. You you can start us off. All right. Uh, Jekyll. Freckle. Freckle. All right. I've got Hyde. Uh, oh gosh, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, <laughs> side. Uh, okay. Um, speckle. Back all. Uh, lied. Uh, <laughs> I might be able to rhyme. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm looking at my board game, Tikal. <laughs> <laughs> tickle. Tickle. <laughs> T- I will accept tickle. All right, tickle. All right. I'm just going to soften that, that E sound. <laughs> uh, fried. Uh, if we're doing that way, then I'm going to say fickle. Um, <laughs> uh, pride. Um, ooh, did I say trickle already? Uh, no, you didn't. No, I did not. Trickle. I'm going to, I'm going to be really annoying. I'm going to say pride in the other spelling of the word. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, um, all right. Uh, tickle a mockingbird. <laughs> I am not accepting that. Oh, come I do on. like it. I do like it. <laughs> Dang it. All right. All right. Do you have one more? Can you take it home with one more? A spy. The third spelling of pride. <laughs> the third spelling of pride. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I did my best. I did pre- I've been okay. A little side. Some slant rhymes there with Jekyll. but <laughs> I, I do enjoy a good slant rhyme. Yeah, me too. See, they're valid for sure. If Eminem has taught us anything. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. Well, there you go. That is Jekyll versus Hyde. Uh, this is a pretty awesome one, as you can tell by us chatting about it. Uh, it's definitely a checkout. It's very reasonably priced, as you might expect for a two-player trick-taking game. They did they present presentation's awesome. It's a nice table presence, and I think anyone who likes this type of game is really, really going to enjoy the direction they took with this form of trick-taking. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, you can get a hold of us in a couple different ways. If you like to, Chits and Chat on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, scroll down to the Chits and Chat page, and fill out our comment form. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, thank you for all listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.